Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. This is the Thrive Bites podcast, and welcome to season five. Here we talk about three things, plant-powered living, enhancing emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And I interview the most passionate guests here, ranging from physicians to coaches to dietitians to entrepreneurs. And my hope is to give you really informative and high-valued conversations. So please Follow us here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you hear your podcasts. Come on in, and I can't wait to see you inside. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. Um, I have a great episode for you guys. I am joined by my guest, Shelly Lefko, and uh, she's one of the co-founders of Lefko Institute uh, that got started uh, with her and her late uh, husband. And uh, this episode is all about one of my favorite subjects is the power of beliefs and the power of limiting beliefs. And she clarifies, she puts things in perspectives. And, you know, we talk a lot of small, subtle, but huge changes that you can do. Huge meaning there's subtle changes, there's subtle shifts, but the outcomes and results are powerful. Um, if not life-changing. And so we really dive deep, really, really deep into what forms a habit, how do they you know, manifest, how do they influence and affect our lives. So you don't want to miss this episode, so please stay tuned. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. You could have been anywhere in the world, and you decided to share just your cherished, precious moments with us, and I'm greatly, greatly appreciative. And uh, for today's session, we have our lovely guest. Her name is Shelly Lefko. Um, she is a co-author of the soon-to-be-published book, Self-Made, The Surprising Solution to Success, co-written with her serial entrepreneur, uh, Vaham uh, Vipramayan. I hopefully <laughs> pronounced that correctly. After her husband, uh, Morty Lefko, passed away in 2015, she had to run her business without him for the first time. And five years later, her company is now more profitable than it's ever been, uh, even as the pandemic rages on. And uh, she uses the tools uh, she uh, used to go through that difficult time as are the same as the one she uses to help her clients um, every day. And um, basically, she's mastered this process of personal change herself, helped thousands of people um, all over the past 30 years. And she has a very engaging approach to speaking, presenting. Um, her talks often get standing ovations, and her own podcast uh, appearances have been popular with many uh, hosts asking her to return. And she uses stories, analogies, and her enthusiasm to keep her audiences fully um, engaged. And um, this is what it's all about. And uh, she talks about you know, limiting beliefs. And that is our core subject for today. And without further ado, please welcome Shelly. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time out, um, you know, for, you know, for you to be here with us. I really, really greatly appreciate it. Please let the audience know where you're calling from today. Oh, nobody's ever asked me that before. Isn't that interesting? I And I love what you said, um, thanking people for uh, spending their time with us, because I know that you have a lot of things you can be doing. So I'm also grateful that you're spending your time with us. 
I am from um, Marin County, California, which is outside of San Francisco. Nice, nice. So we're on the same coast, the best coast, as they say, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you always been a California native or did you hail from somewhere else? Can't you tell? I love that (laughs) question because usually I get, oh, when did you leave New York? <laughs> is that is that where you're you're originally yeah. from? Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm from New Jersey originally, so you know yeah. we're from the East Coast, and we've kind of transplanted here. So the best coast. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> For me, it was I couldn't do deal with the winter anymore. So yeah, uh, it's always uh, always to, harsh. Yeah, my husband wanted to move. He lived here, and he wanted to move back to the conscious capital of the world, which is Mm. where I live. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Shelly, I love starting my podcasts with the origin story, how guests, you know, arrive from point A to point B. And uh, yours is a very interesting story. So I guess the first question I want to ask is what has motivated you to focus on personal change um, and doing that kind of work to serve others, you know, because we are, I think, you know, you know, it may be different for other people. You know, I love the personal development, um, uh, industry niche sector, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's a very important, um, part in our lives that we don't really focus on. People are not really as aware, not really something that, you know, was taught in traditional school systems, you know, at least in the school systems that I, you know, went through. Why did you decide to go into that and then ultimately use that as a vehicle to serve others? Mm. So um, I had many fun, wonderful jobs. I was in the travel business. I did all kinds of things. And what happened was I did a personal growth workshop myself many, many years ago. And um, I thought I was fine. I had, you know, wonderful childhood and life was good. But I met somebody who had done this course and I was very inspired by her and I did it. And I felt very free afterwards. And I met my husband um, there and um, uh And he and I got married and he was uh, in business, but he was on what he would call a personal, um, sorry, an intellectual, spiritual path Mm. to find out why people knew to do things or not do things. And they did them anyway. Mm. So people didn't wear seatbelts and they know seatbelts saves lives. We know, and this is perfect for this show, we know if we eat healthily and we exercise and we meditate and we take care of our bodies, we'll live longer, we'll have a better quality of life. That's not controversial. Everybody knows that's true. And yet most, many, many people don't take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, they're workaholics or they give to other people or they're very busy in their lives. and I, Morty was wondering why that was. And in his own life, he was looking at his own struggles and he was on a plane going to California and he was journaling, like, what is it? Why don't, why, why do people go into relationships that they know aren't going to be good for them? 
and healthy and stay in them. Why? What? So he, and this was over 30 years ago, probably closer to 35 now. And he realized that it was the beliefs that we have about ourselves and life, most of which are unconscious. We don't even know that we have them that totally determine our behavior, our emotions, and our reality. I want to say one more thing about that. Now, that's common knowledge. Most people know that if you don't change beliefs, change is very hard. But in those days, I would say, you know, what what do you do? I help people eliminate negative beliefs. And they would say beliefs like religious beliefs. They didn't even know what I meant Mm. when we started. So he did the process with the people that he was going to be interviewed by. They hired him. He came home and he, he said, Shelly, I have to show you what came through me, which is how he said it. And he did it with someone and he did it with a woman, a friend of ours who said she wanted to get married. She wanted to be in a relationship, but just, it just never happens. And he asked her what her beliefs were, and she started spouting men are selfish, men are jerks, marriage is suffocating, and she just had all these beliefs. And he picked one, Colin, and he did the process that is today the Lefko method on her. And I sat there, I haven't cried in a long time telling this story, but it was one of the most profound moments of my life. It was like I almost was thrown off my chair. I I said, that's why I'm on this planet. I am mm. here to do that. Mm. And I breathed in and it was mine. And and we train people to do this. And it takes a while to train people. But I was like, it was like in my cells. And why I do it is there is nothing to me rarely just other than being with the people that you love that Mm -hmm. is as satisfying as watching people what i say become free from Mm. what like it's like getting out of chains i mean oh yeah that metaphor before i was thinking i was thinking on ball chains yeah (laughs) Yeah, but, but it is it's like the chains come off you and you know it's like when i got rid of the belief what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. All of a sudden, I became my authentic self. And my attention's not on me anymore. It's like, you may like me, your audience may think well of me, I hope I give them value. But what they think of me doesn't define me anymore. So I'm able to serve Mm -hmm. and have my focus be on others. Because I'm not worried about what people think. So I could go and, you know, as we talk, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you more examples of what I mean by a belief and what beliefs cause what behaviors, but that's why I do it. It is as it's, I'm doing it over 30 years and there's Mm. never a day where I'm not in awe of the power of getting rid of beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very interesting. I appreciate you sharing that story and, you know, and that, you know, sounds like it start got started with your late husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I can tell he's made a significant impact. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's incredible because we don't really have too many moments like that. 
And when you do have moments like that, and I, I call them light bulb moments, yeah. um, you can you can call them epiphanies um, or like realization. When you have moments like that, I, I consider them as opportunities, right? And it's almost like you have to be either one aware, and then number two, you have to have the foresight in terms of knowing what to do with that information. So to me, you know, it's kind of same thing with the opportunity. You decided, you know, that you had this light bulb moment and you decided to run with it, meaning that it was something that produced a change. And then you decided that, okay, it's fulfilling enough for me that I want to continuously create change, not just in myself, but also for that and others to, you know, almost continue that cycle, you know, to, to create light bulb moments for others, you know, um, you're going to, you know, you can use uh, other words for it, but you know, I, I think that's significant. Yeah, it's. I, I want to. My light bulb moment was what it was, and I had to get rid of the beliefs that were stopping me, or and not so much stopping me, but getting in my way of being with people authentically, of telling the truth. You know, I, I was just telling a client right before we got on that before I got rid of the belief that I just shared, what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. Um, I once, I was in a first session with somebody and um, I said to her, that's your work. That's what you need to work on. And she said, well, that didn't make me feel very good about myself. And before I would have said, oh, I'm so sorry. And I didn't mean to insult it. And I just looked at her and I said, I'm not here to make you feel good about yourself. I'm here to help you change your life. Mm. So there's an authenticity. There's a realness that I, so for me, in my cl- light bulb moments are great and I'm not in any way minimizing them. But what I will tell you is if you have beliefs in the way, you will not be able to utilize your light bulb mom- moments. So for instance, if you have a belief, which almost everybody does. And I don't care if you tell me you don't, I will prove to you that you do. (laughs) Mistakes and failures are bad. If I make a mistake or fail, I'll be rejected. Two of the most common beliefs people have. Now we all read the books. Everybody knows all the sayings and the failure and the blah, blah, blah. I will tell you that evidence doesn't get rid of beliefs. I've worked with five Harvard PhDs who had the belief, I'm stupid. And there's a reason, and I'll explain it later. Our beliefs live like a book. So a belief is a statement about reality that you believe is the truth. Mm-hmm. So it's not maybe, I don't know, it's the truth. That's what a belief is. And when you have a light bulb moment and you go, oh my God, I have this idea. If you have the belief that mistakes and failures are learning opportunities, and if I fail, I'll just try again, you learn, Richard Branson says, if you're not failing a lot, you're going to be mediocre because you're doing what you did yesterday. You have to fail. And if you have beliefs that are consistent with going and running with it, you will. And if you have the belief, I'm not good enough, I'm stupid, I'm not smart, I don't have what it takes, you won't. So the light bulb moments will either happen, you will either act on them or not, depending on your beliefs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you naturally progressed into my next question. Um, so if that's a belief, how would you define what is considered a negative 
or a limited belief? How would you define that for our audience? So a belief is a statement about reality that you think is true. All beliefs, this is a little provocative, all beliefs are limiting by nature because a belief, if something is true, something is not true. So just the idea of belief is a box. Mm-hmm. And so you're inside the box. Inside the belief, people can't be trusted. There's a box. People can't be trusted. Having a lot of friends, telling everybody your problems, um, uh, uh, you know, doing a job where you're constantly engaged. All of those are not possible in the belief inside the box. People can't be trusted. When you get rid of the the box, you can choose trust people, don't trust people. Not everybody is trustworthy. So you have you have a choice Mm -hmm. that you don't have when the beliefs are there. So that's what. So now. So I don't we don't call it limiting beliefs. We call them unwanted beliefs or negative beliefs. Now, there's no such thing as a negative belief or a positive belief. There are beliefs that work well for you. So if you have a belief, everything I do works out. That's a great belief. I wouldn't touch that. (laughs) Leave it alone. That's a good belief to have, right? I believe I am healthy. I'm just, you know, and I know, again, I'm going to talk a little bit about health because that's who I'm talking to. But I just believe I have a very strong immune system and nothing gets me. You know, I'm um, obviously, you know, I'm 72 years old and I can climb and hike and I'm just full of energy and and I play pickleball all the time. And my, yeah. And, and my belief that exercise and eating well will keep me young and alive and vibrant so that when I go to Hawaii and my daughter says, do you want to go for a hike? I don't say how high, how far, how long. I just say yes. My belief that life is worth living and that the quality of life is really important gets like people say, how do you exercise every day? Why in it? It's not hard because my beliefs, the behavior follows your beliefs. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we call them negative beliefs. Any belief you have that's not working for you. And, you know, we have a program, which I'll talk about later, which, you, which yeah. is a digital program to eliminate beliefs. But what's so uh, important is nobody cares about eliminating beliefs. You care about eliminating patterns. So a pattern is observable. Mm. A belief is not. That's mm. very important distinction. So a pattern is I don't take care of myself. I don't make time for myself. I don't eat well. Um, I I sleep a lot or I don't sleep enough. Um, I get into crappy relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't stand up for myself. I procrastinate. Those are patterns. That's what you want to get rid of. And underlying each one of those patterns are beliefs. I worked with somebody who got sick all the time. This was one of my most favorite sessions. And it was a long time ago. And I said to her, well, what might you believe 
that would have you get sick all the time. Now, sometimes people have no idea and they say, well, I can't help it. And she looks, she, well, the time, you know, we were in person and she looks at me and she says, because it's the only way to get attention. I said, really? And she, and she was shocked that that came out of her mouth. So when she was a little girl, the only time she ever got attention was, was when she was sick. So mm. she created the belief the way to get attention is to get sick. And, wow. she gets, and, and it's not fake. She really gets sick. Yeah. <laughs> so we work together on that and other beliefs. And she rarely gets sick anymore. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, though, you know, we do a lot on this podcast to help people know that, you know, we can't separate the mind, the mental, the emotional from the physical. You know, I tell people that, you know, they're all housed under one, one body. You know, how do you, how are they separate? You know, if they're all housed under one, I don't know, what, what would you like to call it? A casing, a container? I like to use car analogies. So, you know, for me, it's like, you know, the body's a car, you know, the mind's the driver, you know, but they're they're one they're one one in the same they they work with each other they work tandemly that's and right. so that's that's a great example of how when when you set your mind on a certain belief and that's thank you for clarifying that that it can be limiting right um but you could leverage it if it you know if you have sure, a sure. you know a, a a more of a positivity with it right uh, my natural question from that is whether there's evidence or no evidence, people still have certain beliefs that create certain patterns, right? So what influences or what factors or variables help to reinforce certain beliefs, would you say? I don't think you reinforce beliefs. I think they get reinforced because your, your beliefs manifest and you have nothing but evidence that they're true. Like people say, well, I, it's still that way today. You know, it was that way in my childhood. So if you have a belief, life is hard, you don't have to reinforce that belief. Life's just going to be hard. You're going to expect it to be hard. You're going to struggle with things. Um, you, if, So the most common belief that people have is I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. That's the single most common belief. And the other one is I'm not important. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, if anybody listening is a parent and has children, please put down your smartphone when you're talking to your child or tell them that what they have to say is very important and you can't listen right now. That took eight seconds to say that. Mm. Um, but it's different than looking at your phone and and because they're going to feel not important. Yeah, I think one of the greatest gifts you can give another human being is your full attention, attention and listening. So either talk to your kid or put down your phone, but don't do, uh, or look at your phone, but don't do both. Mm-hmm. And so when we're children, we very rarely get the attention that we want. Um, parents are busy and, you know, parents are working and they're not there. So I'm not important and I'm not good enough of very um, common beliefs. And we don't have to reinforce them because, and and this is, Something that becomes more real if you play with, and I'm going to give you a free opportunity to to eliminate a belief, but it's going to be much more real when you do it. But I'll explain something why beliefs. So I know you're going to ask me this: why beliefs? Why is it so hard to get rid of beliefs? Mm-hmm. You come into this. We come into this world. We don't know if we're good enough or not good enough. 
Colin. We don't know if we're important or not important. We don't know if we're smart or not smart. We don't know if the world is safe or dangerous. We don't know if money is scarce and hard to get or comes to us in abundance. And we come into this world and we observe our parents. And it could be a single parent. It could be gay parents. It could be any parent. And depending on what culture you get raised in, like Asian culture is a very specific culture. And and a lot of Asian people have the same beliefs because there's a lot of pushing to achieve, achieve, achieve. Mm -hmm. So what makes me good enough on my achievements? I have to achieve. Um, If you're born in a big family, um, you know, Catholic family maybe, or uh, where there's a lot of kids, you know, the oldest child gets acknowledged for taking care of the siblings. So they believe what makes me good enough is taking care of people. So our beliefs get formed based on what we see when we get here. So let's take it down to the simple. Okay. I'm not good enough. What is the one word question? You have kids, Colin? I do not. Okay. So the one word question, and if I asked your audience, they would all answer this. The one word question that every four-year-old asks all day long, every child, why? Why is the sky blue? Why can't I have dessert? Why can't I play? Why do I have to do my homework? Why do I have to go to sleep? Why can't you play with me? Why do you have to go to work? Why is mommy and daddy criticizing me all the time? Why can't I live up to their expectations? Why are they angry at me? Oh, I see I'm not good enough. This is why beliefs don't need to be reinforced because we think we saw our beliefs in the world. And when I say to clients in any country, every culture, we've worked with 150,000 people over have done our natural confidence program. Doesn't it seem like you saw? I'm not good enough. Everybody says, I did see it. Oh, I saw it every day. Now, anything you could see has a color, shape, and location. Yes? Mm -hmm. You cannot see a belief. Mm -hmm. You, so I I have to be careful, careful of double negatives. It is impossible to not believe something you think you saw. So if somebody said to you, Shelly has black hair, you'd say, no, she's a redhead. And they'd say, no, she has black hair. And you'd say, nope, I'm telling you, she's a redhead. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Santa Claus, the Easter bunny, the tooth fairy, we think we saw Santa Claus. And you believe that for eight years. When you get, I never saw Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. I made that up. The belief is gone. So the trick is to know what beliefs are causing what pattern mm-hmm. and getting rid of them by getting that you never saw that belief. Now, there are steps to get there and loosen it and make it safe and all that. But ultimately, that's why our beliefs stay with us. I saw that I was stupid. No, you saw being in a certain school at a certain time, getting or not getting support from parents, 
learning in whatever in auditory learning style, you got certain grades. And in certain families, that's a B. And in other families, it's a D or Mm -hmm. a C or an A. It's all depending on your parents' values. Mm -hmm. You know, I have many clients whose fathers used to say, well, you got an A. Why didn't you get an A plus? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can't see I'm stupid. You can see getting certain grades in a certain environment at a certain time in your life. The only place I'm stupid ever existed was in your mind. Mm. That's very, um, it's, uh, I'm glad that you broke that down. It's, uh, I can see how the unraveling of that process is very worthwhile because if you are unable to really break it down for people, it's hard for them. It's harder for them to kind of get out of that pattern. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're, you're on this continuous hamster wheel of a belief pattern. And unless someone tells you that you don't have to, you know, there maybe is no hamster wheel, (laughs) you know, you know, they, they, they're, they're going to keep running it, you know what I'm saying? And it's, 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 it's mind blowing to me how certain beliefs come to fruition and then thereby the pattern uh, is manifested, you know, from that. So um, I think that's a very important distinction to make. Yeah. I want to add one more thing. And this, I, I should always say this at the beginning and I forget there's a belief that people have that change is hard and takes a long time. And so they don't believe anything is really, yeah, this works for other people, but not me or, Oh, it's it, change is going to be hard. So we look at where that belief comes from, which is I've tried to change. I've done everything as all my clients say to me, I've done everything, Shelly. Why does this work? Because in all the times that you've ever tried to change a behavior or an emotional pattern like depression or anxiety, you have never successful, I'll ask you, in all the times you've ever tried to change, have you ever successfully eliminated the beliefs that were causing the problem to begin with? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because if you, thank you, because if you haven't, the change is hard. But once you eliminate beliefs, change is effortless. Effortless. When I got rid of mistakes and failures are bad and, um, and uh, I'm not capable and it, it just, I tried things that I wouldn't try before. I did things willing to fail where I wasn't before. I was, it, it just, it, the new behavior was automatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a client once who got rid of the belief. Actually, it, my husband's ex-girlfriend was visiting us when we lived in Connecticut and we had a beautiful pool. And she was, I said, you want to go for a swim? And she said, oh, no, no, I have a terrible fear of water. So I said, really? And so she almost drowned when she was a kid and she had the belief water was dangerous and we got rid of the belief. And normally I would think a person would go to the water, put her foot in, next time her leg, next time, and at some point she would be swimming. She literally (laughs) walked into my bedroom, borrowed a bathing suit, went out to the pool and jumped in. (laughs) It was crazy. And that's that's not typical. But... But it is it is the power 
once you eliminate beliefs, change is easy. So if you believe that change is hard, did you ever see change is hard? Can you see that in the, in the, you can't look and say, see, change is hard. You can see you've done a lot of things to try to change and the change didn't happen. Mm. But you can't see change has to be hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, it's, it's, it's so subtle, you know, the way you explain it, it's so subtle, but it's a powerful shift, you know, once you, once you do it. Um, my question that, you know, that I thought of um, is besides beliefs, are there other, ah, I want to say blocks or obstacles that impede uh, or inhibit someone from achieving a goal or, you know, an aspiration? Is there, is there something else besides, you know, just beliefs that we make up for ourselves that really inhibit us from achieving the next level of who we want to be? You know, it's so interesting. Everything I'm thinking of. So I'm thinking, well, if you're really short and you want to be a basketball player, but then I think about, um, oh, he used to be on the Knicks. Okay years ago. Anyway, there are short basketball players who are successful. So that's not true. And then I said, well, if you want to be anything and, you know, you have some physical limitation or you have a, you know, uh, a money, money, that that was the other one. So if you have, um, if you don't have a lot of money, you know, you can't, you know, that might limit you to go stay in a five-star hotel, but it's not true because, if you don't have a lot of money, you could marry rich or you could borrow money from somebody or you. So there is no thing that I could think of other than an actual, even I keep wanting to say it, even a, a physical limitation. You know, there are people who run marathons who have no legs and they get, mm-hmm. you know, prosthesis. You know, people are miraculous. And and I'll tell you something, one of my favorite metaphors is there was a time where nobody had ever broken the four minute mile and they tried different shoes. uh, They tried different weather conditions. They tried vitamins, food, all kinds of different things and no one different fabrics for clothing and no one ever broke the four minute mile. One day, of course, most of us know Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile. Do you know what happened that year? I do. A lot of people did. Why? Because they were running in the possibility or the belief it can be done. Somebody said this morning in a call that I was on a Zoom call, well, I think COVID is just going to be with us for the rest of our lives and we just have to learn to live with it. And I was kind of like, I don't have that belief. You know, we overcame smallpox and we overcame, you know, Spanish flu and God knows what. Why would we not overcome? It's like, wow, what an interesting belief that is, you know. And I know that there are people who probably believe that. And maybe it's true. I don't know. But I think our beliefs determine are the single biggest factor of what blocks us. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe they're, you know, Barack Obama is, is, you know, we live in a country where there are a lot of racists, 
a lot of people who, you know, would never want to see a, a, a African-American man running the country. Yeah. Not to mention all his political liberal leaning ideas. And he said, yes, we can. And uh, and he believed, yes, we can. And he did it. And I, I was I was shocked. But I think that's how powerful beliefs are. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, and uh, it's sometimes we take it for granted or sometimes we just don't know. Sometimes it's not showcased in front of us. Uh, we haven't seen it kind of like Roger Bannister, right? Um, so I think role modeling is a huge, you know, I do my best to show up for people and to kind of let them know that, you know, um, you know, I practice what I preach. I try to live the lifestyle that I'm, you know, uh, instilling in you. Um, and it's important. Um, I think there's a lot we need to do. Uh, there's a lot of lives that need to be, you know, optimized, made for the better, healed, whatever have you. Sometimes people need help. Sometimes people, you know, just need that support. And it's interesting how something as very, very simple, subtle can lead to such powerful, you know, outcomes and results. And yet are very, very, probably the most challenging thing, right? I tell people it's like, you know, sometimes having positive lifestyle changes is kind of like, you know, uh, um, uh, kind of like driving a ship on an ocean. You can have the best, you know, ship, you know, most up to date. Um, you can have the best crew. But if the captain, your mindset is not, you know, <laughs> is not, you know, not functioning optimally, uh, I, I would like to say, it's just easily going to steer off course, right? And, I love that. Yeah. And, and uh, it's amazing how powerful these small, simple, subtle changes can be. So you have a whole institute, um, you know, started by your husband and, and, and yourself, and you have a whole process, you have a whole system. How would you say, you know, for those that are just learning about you, just understanding that this is very important, are there actionable steps that you could, you know, share that they could apply that can allow them to start in the direction of making positive changes, positive beliefs for themselves, you know, to improve themselves. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This video is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, AKA the Chef Doc. I just want to take a few moments of your time to talk to you about something, something that I feel needs to give reflection and pause for. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, I've been on the self-work journey for a decade now. And I remember in my personal experiences, uh, through my doctor's journeys and also from traveling the world, I was always searching for the next step or thinking that happiness was a destination. However, it's not. What I found instead was that life was a process and learning about life was also a process and a practice. 
and that the state of happiness and the state of joy and contentment was also a practice. For those of you who don't know, since I don't share that much on my podcast, is that I actually battle with anxiety, OCD, and in the past, episodes of depression. However, little by little, step by step, after seeking extra help, I've been able to achieve monumental things in my life that I've been eternally grateful for. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. That's better H E L P and join the over 1.4 million people taking charge of their mental state with the help of an experienced professional special offer for thrive by listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc T H E C H E F D O C. Thank you for listening guys. And back to the episode. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Um, no. <laughs> um, I most of our beliefs get formed. I mean, I will. I will give you something to think about, which is opening up a whole new can of worms. But I, I will talk <laughs> about it. Um, uh, our work is based on the premise that events have no inherent meaning. Meaning is in your mind. So if somebody comes into a room and doesn't speak to you, what might you automatically think? Person doesn't like me. Um, you know, that's uh, fine. They don't I like did something. Yeah. I did something wrong. Uh, they're rude. They didn't see me. Whatever you said is meaning and meaning takes place inside your mind, right? You make up that meaning. Uh, I failed. Oh God, that's a terrible thing. A, a, a good example. I was working with an a, a Orthodox Jewish person this morning and we were talking at the end a little bit about religion and beliefs. And I said, I can't hug you. Can I? And he said, Oh no, you know, that's not respectful. And I said, isn't that interesting? I think hugging somebody is the most respectful thing you can do. So our perception, the meaning we give different things ultimately comes from our beliefs. So you always want to get rid of beliefs and then you'll give, if you believe dogs are dangerous, dog comes into the room, you're going to give it the meaning that dog's going to bite me, right? Or health. If you believe something terrible is going to happen to me and you get a headache, you automatically think it's brain cancer. That's the meaning you give the headache 
all of you, all of our feelings come from the meaning we give events, meaningless events. That doesn't, it's not to say it doesn't matter. My husband died. It mattered to me. It was terrible. I missed him. I miss him. I loved him. He was an amazing human being. But the fact that he died doesn't mean I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. I'll never love again. I'm going to starve to death. My business is going to die, which all of, a lot of which I, I, I thought. Um, the meaning is always in your mind. The fact that he died, not that it doesn't matter or it's no big deal. What, what meaning says is we don't know anything for sure because anything happens. So anytime you have a negative emotion, and this is a way to live more positively for sure, anytime you have a negative emotion, stop and ask yourself, what just happened? What meaning did I give what just happened? Mm -hmm. Come up with one other possible meaning and then get that the event has no inherent meaning. We don't know anything for sure because that happened. And I'll give you a two-second great story, again, about health. Uh, one of my clients had an 11-year-old uh, daughter, and she had violent stomach pains. Mm-hmm. And she takes her to the hospital, and she starts to panic. Mm-hmm. And she was in our occurring course, which is a course where we teach people how to master this. When you do the process, if you do the free belief, you'll get to do this. Um, And she stopped and she said, okay, what meaning am I giving my daughter's pain? Something is terribly wrong. What else could it mean? She has gas. What does it really mean? What do I know for sure? Because she has terrible nothing. Takes the daughter to the hospital. They're there for hours. Doctor finally comes in and she's talking to her daughter and they're whatever. Doctor comes in and says, she's fine. You can take her home. And her daughter turned to her and said, Mommy, thank you for not being scared, because if you were scared, I would have been scared. And she said, this was so much easier because I I felt that you knew it was going to be okay. She said, Shelly, the difference that it made to get rid of the meaning, the fact that she had stomach pains, doesn't tell us anything about what's going to happen. So if you get a headache or you sneeze, oh, God, I have COVID. (laughs) Wait a minute. What happened? I sneezed. What meaning does it have? Nothing. Could mean I have COVID. It could mean I have a cold. Could mean I got a chill. But the fact that I sneeze doesn't have meaning. Mm -hmm. And then the emotion goes away. And then you can deal with it. Don't deal with it. You know, if your spouse treats you badly, And you go, they don't respect me. Or your child talks back to you. They don't respect me. Well, it could mean that. And it could mean they're having a really bad day. But the fact that they're talking to you that way doesn't have inherent meaning. So that's just a tool to use on a daily basis. Another way to do it is to just get the event is over there. The meaning is in here. Mm. My husband did a TEDx talk where he, it's called how to stop suffering. And that's the way he teaches it is just get the meanings in your head. The event is over there mm-hmm. and the emotional go away. And ultimately when you do eliminate beliefs, 
money is scarce and hard to get. Just get rid of the belief and you will not give the meaning when you look in your bank account. Oh God, I only have this much money. It's like, it just, you won't have to do the, what we call the occurring process because you just won't give it that meaning. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Um, Shelly, we're uh, coming up to a close and, uh, you know, we could definitely go on forever, but, uh, one of my favorite questions to ask my guests is because here on this podcast, it's all about creating a thriving mindset. Are there some rituals, routines, some habits, uh, for yourself that, you know, you do on a daily basis that help you thrive? Yes. The one I just said, the occurring is helps me thrive. It's actually what got me out of bed when my husband died is to keep looking at what meaning I was giving it. So that was very helpful. I find gratitude to be one of the most helpful ways to be in life joyfully. Mm. Because no matter what happens, when, when you look at your life, most of us have roofs over our head, we have food in the refrigerator. Hopefully we have people in our lives that we love. We are so blessed with so much to be grateful for that anytime I feel sorry for myself, I stop and I say, you know, like my husband died and I felt terrible. And I went, Shelly, you had a 35 year marriage that was magnificent that you were loved unconditionally and adored. I look at, I have healthy children. You know, this, whatever it is in your life, if you stop and think about what you're grateful for, mm -hmm. my husband used to say, you can't be angry and grateful at the same time. So I think a gratitude practice is really, really important. I think, you know, my mother taught me relationship is everything mm -hmm. and having friends and people that you love that care about you that you care about i find to be it, during covid what kept me sane was mm. hiking you know i couldn't go to mm. the gym i'm a gym rat and <laughs> that i found pickleball mm. so i hiked with friends my pod and i played pickleball and so finding a way to um, be with people that you love, that nurture you. Do not have negative people in your life. Just don't. They will suck yeah. the energy out of you. And that doesn't mean that everybody has to be smiling and happy all the time. But people who are victims and complain and are unhappy and miserable, and it's, you know, try, try to find people who are positive. And yeah. you... It's very hard to be negative around me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that doesn't mean you can't tell me your problems or you can't tell me things are not going well. I'm talking about consistently. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So those are those are some of my things. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, Shelly, thank you so much for your time. This was a lovely conversation. I think a lot of our audience members are gonna get a lot of value from this and you know, really dive deep introspectively um, to kind of look at the different belief patterns that we all have. We've all 
developed. We've all came to, um, you know, coming into this world that maybe we used to have, maybe we still have. Um, and I think it's interesting because it's kind of like, it doesn't matter the, the age or the culture, the context, where you are. Um, you know, it's just interesting how, you know, the beliefs that we've created uh, for ourselves and what continues to hold us in our lives, right. That's really stopping us from growing and learning and evolving. Um, I think it's very, very fascinating, um, and to me, it's always a continued process and continued, um, you know, practice, you know, to, you know, like you said, you know, after your husband passed away, it's, you have to continue on that, you know, so. And I, I have a free gift that I'd love to, uh, yeah. offer to your, uh, subscribers. So if you go to eliminatebeliefs.com. There are three of the most common beliefs people have. Just pick one and you can eliminate it and you can go through the process and see. And then there's a um, a course called Natural Confidence and you can eliminate 19 of the most common self-esteem beliefs that you have. It's very reasonable. Um, it, it's, I mean, there's 10,000 testimonials. But you can also use the process and just plug in your own words if you know what your beliefs are. Yeah. Um, you can use it um, that way as well. So just, you know, substitute whatever words we have for yours. Yeah. Um, and uh, play with it. But um, it'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that. And what is the main way to uh, get in touch with you? Um, you can go to leftcoinstitute.com um, or you can email me at Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y, at leftcoinstitute.com. All right. And uh, we'll put this into the show notes when it airs. Uh, Shelly, thank you again for taking the time out, uh, for showing up in the world the way you do um, and, you know, being able to serve and, uh, you know, we really, really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for having a platform for me to come and serve. Because if I always say, if there aren't people to contribute to, you can't contribute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, You got to have some sort of channel or some sort of medium, right? Right. And thanks for doing what you do, you know, making people aware of health and wellness and is just, you know, food is medicine. You know, there ain't no side effects from food. So. <laughs> just the positive ones. Just the positive, just the positive ones. ones. Exactly. Exactly. So thank, uh, thank you, you for so much. Me. Of course. Of course. Guys, thank you so much for watching another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like this, please like, comment, and subscribe. And if you felt like this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know as well. And until then, please say goodbye to Shelly. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Hey, Thanks. guys. Thank you so much for watching that episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you like this, please like, follow, and subscribe. And please follow us for the latest updates for this season, season five. And if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and YouTube. And thank you so much again. And we will see you on the next one. Mm